0: Recently, Anthony and I shared a six-year wedding anniversary. For me, saying I do to Anthony was the easiest decision I've ever made. In our six years, I have never had a single moment where I questioned marrying him. And we've had trials that many marriages couldn't survive. Deaths of close loved ones, financial burdens like student loan payments, and struggling with infertility. But through all the ups and downs of marriage, we've only grown closer to each other. I know that ours isn't the same as many married couples we're more the exception, it seems, in the rule. In fact, there's a widespread rumor that nearly 50% of marriages in the U.S. end in divorce. While that actually isn't true, according to Insider, the divorce rate in the United States is actually going down. It hit a peak of about 41% for people who married 35 years ago and is falling ever since. In 2019, there were 16.3 new marriages for every 1,000 women aged 15 and over in the United States, down from 17.6 in 2000. And at the same time, the U.S. divorce rate fell from 9.7 new divorces per 1,000 women age 15 and over in 2009 to 7.6 in 2019. Growing up in the Bible Belt has its advantages. There's no short supply of vacation Bible schools to attend when summer gets boring. There's a feel of community that comes from growing up in the Bible Belt. In fact, it is out of the norm to leave, quote unquote, home once you're an adult, While there are quirks about this lifestyle, the Southern Christian household of the Bible Belt is known for hospitality and traditional ways of life. And traveling outside of the area and exploring new ideas can be rewarding, but you'll always feel better when you come back to where you feel like you belong. But growing up in the Bible Belt has its hardships, too. For many of us, at one point or another, we deal with the judgment felt at the hands of our neighbors for choices we had to make for the betterment of our own lives. Few people know this about me, but I was engaged before I started dating Anthony, and when I finally realized that I needed out, it was a hard decision for me to make, not because I wasn't sure about my feelings, but because I knew the looks I'd get from the people in the grocery store, the people at the post office, and just about everyone in my tiny community. I've been dating and or engaged to this man for about seven years, and people were expecting us to get married. They weren't expecting us to break up. Thankfully, I followed my heart and ended up in a much healthier and much happier relationship. But sometimes, following our hearts can lead us down unexpected and scary paths. Hasty decisions and haphazard choices can also lead to those closest to us giving us sideways glances and whispering concern under their breath. And sometimes, those decisions can lead to death. This is the story of The Eight-Day Bride. With each case, we encourage you to continue in the conversation on our Facebook page, Coffee and Cases Podcast, because, as we all know, conversation helps to keep the missing person in the public consciousness, helping keep their memories alive. So sit back, sip your coffee, and listen to what's brewing this week. Okay, so... Before we jump into today's story,
1: yeah.
0: I, I I just wanted to take a second to thank all of you who cheered Allison and I up on a particularly dreary and rainy Kentucky day a few
1: weeks ago. Yes, we appreciated
0: that. Yeah.
1: Oh, more than you know.
0: Yeah, and we appreciate those of you who have been long-time listeners. We appreciate those of you who are new to this crazy crew of ours. the CNC and c fam. Yes. c Partners in Crime. Love it. And we really couldn't do it without you. It's hard pouring so much of our time and yeah. self into these episodes each week. And seeing negative reviews because we take, okay, We don't like the negative reviews anyways because we just have tender hearts and they're heartbreaking and they're very hard for us to move past.
1: They are.
0: But when it's a negative review because we take time at the beginning of each episode to thank listeners, that
1: made us really sad. Yes. That was the only complaint is that we took too long to get into the episode, but all we were doing was thanking you guys. And I will not stop doing that. No, because the simple solution for those that
0: don't want to hear would be to press the fast forward button.
1: Exactly.
0: I mean, I listened to a case, a podcast over this case and fast forwarded through the stuff that I didn't want to listen to. So we're going to continue. Mm-hmm. With Patreon shoutouts, yes. if you don't want to listen, you can fast forward. You exactly. can fast forward through any advertisement. My feelings will not be heard about that. I won't know. Oh, right, <laughs> and, it, and it isn't hard. But for those of you that make our day brighter by just being you, we really do thank you. So, yes. if you don't want to listen to thirty
1: seconds of praise for our listeners, now is your time to skip ahead a little bit. That's right. Yes, because I want to say special thank yous to everyone who brightened our day, especially Jessica Strickland, who posted a picture with her best friend, Anna, and their coffee and cases candles. We appreciate that love that you showed for us and the support because that's what helps gain more listeners to potentially solve some of our cases.
0: Yes. And on Saturday, we also had such a sweet review from one listener. They said, quote, most people look forward to Friday morning because it's the last day of the work week. Amen. But <laughs> I look forward to Thursday morning just as much because of this podcast. I work in healthcare, and some days it's really hard to be excited to go to work. But every Thursday I have coffee and cases to listen to on my drive in. And that's enough to get me excited to hop in the car and head to the hospital. Two of the best storytellers in the true." crime world vote mm. seriously look
1: at that listen to that that's what made my day and i'm going to add one more here because i love the awesomeness of these reviews <laughs> we love hearing from you and this is a cheer up session that maggie and i need so <laughs> um we got another one from monday of this week That said, I have not stopped listening since I found the Coffee and Cases podcast in my car while I'm working, while I'm cleaning. I love listening to these ladies tell a story. Each story is a little known case instead of a well-known one. I have skipped listening to other podcasts that have come out with new (gasps) episodes because I get wrapped up in how these stories have been told. Thank you. I, I love that. I just love all of you guys. So if you want to hear your review read right on the show, if you want to hear your name read aloud on the show, write us a review, join our Patreon. We got some bonus episodes over there. There, Fill out the shout out form. You're in. Yeah, just like that. Okay, so
0: we're going to get into today's episode. And um, it's... A little bit strange in a few ways. Um, well, the title's
1: I, intriguing.
0: I know. I actually had intentions on doing another case, but I really felt like I needed a bit more research for that case. Mm-hmm. So I actually, um, kind of paused it and started researching the case I'm doing today it is one of the strangest in a sense that I have done it's not strange like the watcher or like the the letter one what was that the circleville letters
1: oh yeah
0: it's not that strange Mm -hmm. but there is really little to go on yet at the same time I feel like So much left unexplained. So I'm anxious for you all to hear
1: the story. Well, we're anxious to hear it.
0: At first glance, it seemed that all was it should be for Christina Kettlewell, spring of 1947, so long time ago, Mm -hmm. was holding all the promises any 22-year-old girl could ask for. Christina was in love... With this guy named John Ray Kettlewell, or Jack, as he was known. Okay. And on May 12th, the two eloped after, I don't know if they were together together for three years or if they just knew each other
1: mm. for three years. Okay, But
0: they've known each other for three years and they elope. And I read it was actually after a mysterious two weeks disappearance from her house. literally only in one article did i read that and that is how briefly it missed like mentioned it Mm. so they that
1: seems like it should be significant (laughs) i think so too and especially when we
0: get into some of the things that happen i feel like it could have been pretty significant in this case but it really wasn't talked about a lot in the research Mm. that i read okay and allison you know, three years is a pretty good amount of time for a
1: couple to be together and or know each other before getting married. Though 22 when, is still young. I know many people get married that young and make it for forever. But
0: I don't feel like 22 was young by marital standards in
1: 1947. No, no, probably not.
0: She was probably like pushing old maid
1: status <laughs> at 22. <laughs> She's like, <laughs> clock's ticking.
0: Yeah, she was getting right down on her Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But they felt they knew each other well, mm-hmm. so there really shouldn't be any surprises. Right. Oh, Despite the fact that Christina and Jack had known each other for those three years, her family actually was very opposed to their marriage, which probably played into their reason that they eloped. Mm. I didn't read exactly what they didn't like about the idea of them being married but i did read a couple of factors that could have played into that one was likely because christina's father was a polish immigrant and he was initially opposed to the marriage because jack was not a roman catholic okay but jack would convert and the couple's elopement was still unsettling for Christina's family who couldn't understand another factor. So okay. the first factor is despite the fact he converts, uh-huh. he's really not a devout Roman Catholic. The second is this looming presence of the best friend of Jack whose name is Ronald Barry. Is and he
1: what- just like third wheel?
0: Me <laughs> oh uh,
1: maybe. Okay. <laughs> we'll talk about him. Okay. Um,
0: Ronald came to Canada from Northern Italy and tried to establish himself in a couple different businesses with little to no success. I think I listened to something that said he was actually like a ballroom dancer. Oh. Uh, <laughs> so fancy. Okay. But Christina's family believed that there might be more going on they thought perhaps oh. ronald Barry was another man oh.
1: in the picture oh so like love triangle not third wheel
0: yes and mm. jack's friend ronald was known to lavish attention on christina mm. and some said that attention was reciprocated <gasps> in an article mm. i read but i think i I think we can explain that, though, because in an article I read called What Happened to Toronto's Eight-Day Bride, it said, this is a quote from Christina's sister, Helen, quote, When Jack and Christina got married, we thought it was very strange that Barry, Ronald, went along Uh on the honeymoon. We'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, That's what made us wonder if Ronnie was in love with Chris, end quote. Mm, I will say that sounds
1: kind of odd. Did you go bring somebody else on the honeymoon?
0: Yeah, and, but okay. I will say I listen to BuzzFeed Unsolved. Mhm. I don't know what's going on in this world that these people have their TV a TV show and we do not. But I do want to add that the host of that show had another interesting theory about Ronald. They joked and hinted that Ronald and Jack were actually the ones with the shared affection, not Ronald and Christina.
1: And that comes up
0: a little bit later. So if, if Ronald and Jack were the other part of this love triangle, Mm -hmm. then I think it would make sense that Ronald would lavish Christina with attention I think it, you know what I mean? I don't think it was romantic attention, but more like best friend mm, attention.
1: Mm, but regardless okay. of the objection. I mean, t- I'm telling you, this, Ronald's getting all the love. Yeah, he is. He's like a He's unicorn in a or spot. something. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Regardless of objections, the two lovers followed through with their elopement and left for their honeymoon. So, after the marriage, the couple spent the next few days in an apartment in Toronto because we're in Canada again. Canada, A. Before departing for a a cottage, not a college, they did not go to college. They went to a cottage (laughs) that Ronald owned in Severn Falls. Strangely, Ronald did join the couple for the entirety of their honeymoon.
1: Okay. And now it makes it even more weird that I know it's in a cottage. Okay. He owns it. I get it. Probably could have multiple bedrooms. But -hmm. at least if they went together... You know, to say Florida, they could have different hotel rooms. Or Or even if you like, yeah, different rooms. Or if he was like, I'll drive you up there because it's
0: my cabin. Here it is. Here's how you turn on the water. Here's the fire for making it like, you know, now I'm leaving by. That would be a little bit different. But he stays the whole time. Mm. And according to Toronto Star, Christina and Jack seemed fine with it. And they just, Kind of rolled with it.
1: Okay.
0: But that is To each to me. their like, own. Yeah. Like, while I love you and I love Rodney, I don't think that I would love you guys enough to invite you along on my honeymoon. And Jeez. I don't think you would love me enough to let me play third wheel on yours. <laughs> but, <laughs> like, yeah. it, it's just a little strange. Hmm. Okay. But it was totally normal in this circumstance. And for a while on their honeymoon, things do appear to be this quote unquote normal. Or this okay. weird version of normal.
1: Now, let me ask you this, too. This cabin, how remote is this cabin? Is it, like, way back up in the r- woods where there's not really running water? Is there a town nearby? This is, like... Because um, this isn't really my idea of a honeymoon, either. But that's just oh, me, and no. I realize that's my personal preference, but...
0: no. We were yeah. talking today in class, we read, we're on nonfiction, so we read a story about grizzly bears that attacked these people People in Glacier National Park. And these 14-year-olds were camping in Glacier National Park alone. And I was like, how many of you would what? go camping, like, in an area like this without an adult? And about 50% of each class <gasps> raised their hand. I was like, y'all are crazy.
1: No. no.
0: But this is, like, very on Golden Pond, if you've seen that movie. You have to... Access the cabin with a boat. Like you leave town oh. on a boat
1: to get to this cabin. To get to to Ronnie's cabin, or the yeah, yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. okay. So it's not like gives me visual gives me <laughs> yeah. a visual.
0: Okay. Yeah. So you know things are normal ish, mm-hmm. but according to several sources, including BuzzFeed, Medium, and The Grudge, Christina started to act out of character. At times, she would seem to be overly emotional. At other times, she would appear to be disoriented. And there were even reports that Christina had confided in Ronald that she felt uncertain in her marriage to Jack, almost like she felt Jack actually didn't love her. So there's Mm. some, some doubt creeping in early
1: in the marriage. And I will say, no matter how we want to view the love triangle, you could understand those feelings either way. Yeah. Because if she feels like this is my honeymoon, and I just said that really weird. I said honeymoon instead of honeymoon. Honeymoon. (laughs) Honeymoon. If this is my honeymoon and my husband is now paying more attention to his best friend than he is Mm -hmm. to me, I'm going to be upset because I'm going to say this is a celebration of our. Bows of our wedding. And if she's the one who's interested in a man who's not her new husband, then you also understand why she might be uncertain.
0: Right. Yeah. And that may have played a part in what happens next because on May 20th, 1947, Christina disappeared from the cottage in Severn Falls. And curiously, that very same day, Ronald's cottage mysteriously catches fire and burns to the ground a uh, total Brooklyn farthing
1: vibe so I,
0: I know can this really be a coincidence
1: no. a missing a missing person and a burnt cabin mm-mm, mm-mm. and she disappears from a cabin where you're gonna have to take a like a canoe to get to it or a boat or yeah what? Mm-mm, no, no supposedly ronald was not
0: at home at the time but came back in time to see the cabin in flames so he runs in because he's looking for his friends he finds jack sitting in the cabin with an apparent head injury like completely disoriented
1: okay let me express my confusion (laughs) number one christina is gone which i don't believe would happen Well, I don't think they know that yet. Okay. Number two, do we find out how he got the head injury? Or is he just dazed and confused? Okay. And number three, how could Ronald have been that far away, whether he's collecting firewood or whatever, that he doesn't, like, smell the smoke or whatever and doesn't come back until the whole cabin is in a fiery blaze?
0: You know, I don't think I read anywhere that stated where Ronald was at the time.
1: Hmm. Someone knows.
0: Well, Ronald would know. Yes. He, would. he is brave, though, and pulls this dazed and confused Jack from the fiery blaze Okay. I did read that Ronald went back in, searched for Christina, but was unsuccessful in the search for her. Um, he said that he searched over the area, but couldn't find her anywhere near the co- cottage. I keep want to say college. Cottage. And he w- stands by and watches as the cabin burns to the ground in only about an hour.
1: Okay. So I mean, I guess you don't have access to anything to put it out, right? So there's nothing right. really that you can do. And I mean, now I'm I'm feeling guilty for my accusations against Ronald because obviously he went in and saved his friend and it says he went in <laughs> looking for Christina. So I will hold my judgment.
0: That's not all he went back in for, but oh, we'll wait. We'll wait. Oh no. Okay. <laughs> So the cottage does burn down. I read in an article on Penn State's website called Case Number 4, The Mysterious Death of the Eight-Day Bride. Ronald then takes Jack to a boat to go into Severn Falls to reach a car so that they can go into town.
1: All without knowing where Christina is.
0: Yes, because the plan is I need to get Jack to a hospital because this is something I can control right now. I can control getting him to the hospital. I have no idea where Christina is, but while I'm in town, I can tell the police that she's missing. Okay. So, you know, an okay plan.
1: Okay. Ish. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Ronald then discovered that the situation was even more horrible than he originally thought. Because Christina's body would later be found by a man named Neville Sweet. What a freaking cool Love name. It. First off, you have a Harry Potter character named know, after you. Right.
1: And Secondly, your, last your last name is, name is Sweet. Sweet.
0: It's like Sweet. having the last name Youngblood. And we worked with a lady mm-hmm. whose maiden name was yeah. that.
1: Yeah, it is. I would
0: never have changed my my last name. I know. I know. Anthony would have been Anthony Youngblood, because that's mm-hmm. the coolest last name. Mm-hmm. But he also owned a boathouse in the area, and she was found by him in around nine inches of water and only one hundred and fifty feet away from the burnt down cabin.
1: Hmm. Kay. That's not that far away. And when no, did she go it, there?
0: Well, They're not sure when she got there, but she has no burn marks on her body. There were no signs of violence on her body. Nothing to indicate any of that. And the official autopsy report found traces of codeine in her stomach, but ruled her ultimate cause of death as
1: drowning. In nine inches of water.
0: water. Mm -hmm. Which
1: almost makes it sound purposeful. So I'm wondering if you're gonna discuss like suicide as one of the potential theories. We'll talk since... about it. Okay.
0: Cause it's it's strange. Major Lawrence Scartifield, who tried to help put out the fire um at the cottage, said he saw no signs of Christina's body in the area when he went to fetch water from the river to help put the flames out. Oh. Um and that was just a few hours early. So they do and that was a um while well, we're talking about that a like lapse i guess in timeline some people said it was hours before her body was found some article said up to a few days hours to me makes oh. the most sense
1: and i mean okay it's fair for this individual to say well i didn't see her body there when we were putting the flames out but this is the woods so, maybe he missed it.
0: And, like, who's to say he was on the path where her body was found? Maybe there's multiple ways to get down to the river. And I feel right. if your focus is on trying to save this cottage, right. even if there was a body 20 feet away from me, I'm running up and down. It. And I may not see it. Mm-hmm. But Jack, Ronald, and 20 other people were where interrogated. Did they come from? No idea. Couldn't find anything else about these 20 other people.
1: Were interrogated.
0: Yes, by the police in connection to this case. So that tells me that it either means the investigators had so much to go on that they knew the type of person they should be interviewing. Or they had absolutely nothing to go on and were interviewing anybody and everybody.
1: And I I just like probably hmm, the latter. Probably. Because that's a lot of people. That's a lot. And and that's, you're in a, a cabin that's in the middle of the wow. woods. Right. So where did these 20 people come from? Yeah. And how'd they get there? They all took boats? Right. <laughs> I mean...
0: I mean, it makes sense that Jack was
1: interrogated, and he was for only
0: about three hours after he was released from the hospital. Um, And while he was in the hospital, he was treated for burns, obviously, Mm
1: -hmm. shock,
0: makes sense, a head injury, and apparent drugging.
1: (gasps) Yes. Obviously, that had to happen somehow.
0: Yes. And he claimed he didn't remember a single thing that happened that day after 11 a.m. So the day Chris... Tina disappears and is found dead. He doesn't remember anything after 11 o'clock in the morning. Hmm. Ronald, on the other hand, was questioned for a grueling 13 hours.
1: Oh, that's way I mean, longer than Jack.
0: Yeah. And if you're going to be doing something like that to me for 13 hours, you better build in a nap time for me, <laughs> give me some snacks, and Give me a lot of water because I'm going to get upset. Mm -hmm. That's a long time. And in that 13 hours, he would go on to provide a 3,000-word statement (gasps) that the police would describe as, quote, fantastic. Um, what does that mean? I feel like... I hope, I feel like teachers are the only people that use that when they're reading something. I'm reading right. a paper by kid and I'm like, "Fantastic." Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> I don't see and like it's a sticker that says fantastic. I don't see a police officer being like, "This was fantastic." fantastic.
1: Also, uh side note, 3,000 words. To, do you know the average number of words on a single space page? tell me because i feel like you know 500 so that's like six single-spaced 12 double-spaced pages wow that's wild so he had a
0: lot to say he did he had a lot to say and apparently it was fantastic On June 19th, 1947, almost a month later, an inquest, which I think must be like a Canadian term, into Christina's death began. And during this whole process, we are, we witness a spectacle.
1: Okay. The
0: public packed not only the courtroom itself, but the grounds surrounding the courthouse, with some even approaching Jack and Ronald, the main two witnesses, for autographs.
1: For autographs? Yeah. That's weird. I mean,
0: mean, at this point, it does sound weird, but the two weren't on trial for murder. So it's not like people were going up to murderers asking for autographs. They were just, I believe, caught up in the sensationalism of this entire thing and wanted autographs of the two men that were involved.
1: I still find it bizarre.
0: I do, too. And... It had me wondering like is that a thing do people contact these I don't want to say famous but I guess they are infamous murders?
1: yeah infamous
0: like does someone con? did someone contact Charles Manson asking for his autograph I would and not And I googled it and they do Oh In an article published in 2009 called Charles Manson's Secret Prison Business, it says Charles Manson secretly runs an autograph business out of his cell, peddling his signature to sicko collectors of crime memorabilia and a new book claims. In this book called Five to Die that was published um, in August of 2009, veteran journalist said that this homicidal cult leader has become one of the richest inmates in California correction system because he sells signed photographs and other mementos <sighs> that he quietly smuggles out of prison. That so it's
1: crazy. I find that um, that's more disturbing than anything we've ever talked about, I think.
0: And like things in this article it said he would smuggle out would be like pieces of his clothes. And he fashioned these, like, little cloth scorpions out of his socks to sell. (gasps) Yeah. Gross.
1: Gross. And while
0: some of them were confiscated by guards, a lot of them actually made it out. So while that has nothing to do with this case, apparently asking convicted felons, or in this case, sketchy people, for their autograph is completely a normal thing.
1: It's totally fine. No, it's not normal, nor is it fine. <laughs> yeah,
0: not totally fine. As I mentioned earlier, Ronald and Jack were not on trial for anything. This was simply a case to determine whether or not foul play had been involved in Christina's death.
1: CP Which, Hope. well, let me just say, again, I kind of said that earlier. I get she had the codeine in her system, but she didn't have signs of any burns or violence, and she was found drowned which is something that she could have done for herself you know what i mean or to herself so i get why they're questioning that and there are two people
0: with coding in their stomachs oh that's right because both she and jack have codeine in their stomach so So
1: the question is is,
0: who put it there
1: well there's only one person who doesn't have it in the stomach
0: C.P. Hope, the Specialist Crown Counsel, which sounds so fancy, at this inquest, zeroed in on Ronald's shady present from the outset of this inquest. Hope called him, quote, a liar of the most blatant kind whose sinister figure permeates the whole of this tragedy, but whose purpose and design are shrouded in
1: mystery, end Mm. quote. Touché, C.P. Hope. Yes also beautifully worded yes fantastic
0: yeah fantastic you get a sticker that says fantastic the jury however ultimately could not agree on whether foul play was the cause of her death despite the investigation that undercovered many interesting bits of information
1: mm-hmm.
0: they stated quote due to the fact that the postmortem examination disclosed coding in the stomach of the deceased and due to the suspicious fact that she was found drowned this jury is unable to decide on the evidence given whether or not foul play means were employed in her death end quote mm-hmm. i get
1: it the yeah, family I mean, I mean i'm sure the family would struggle with that but i get why they made that decision
0: and i do feel like like you said from a personal standpoint that hearing that would be devastating i think
1: mm-hmm.
0: from a
1: logical standpoint yes
0: a, a justice system standpoint i see why they had to come to that ruling mm-hmm. because i feel this case really could go either way i don't think you could say definitively that it was right right homicide so mm-hmm. that means the case can't be pursued any further. It cleared Jack and Ronald as there was no evidence implicating either of them in Christina's death. But as I stated, many strange details of the lives of these three who had been staying at the cabin were revealed during all of these proceeds. One of okay. the revelations that occurred included the fact that some believed Christina had been upset by this potentially air quotes, a relationship between the two men. And we talked about this earlier. right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And while we won't make a big deal out of it, uh, some publications that I watched and listened to did, this was a different time. So Mm -hmm. we can assume that this unnatural air quote relationship was 40 speech for the two men being in love.
1: Right, that's how I took it.
0: Yes. And according to an article called The Mysterious Death of the Eighth Day Bride, quote, at one point, John even admitted to having an intimate relationship with his friend Ronald, but later claimed he was coerced to say this, end quote.
1: Hmm. I'm curious who would have coerced him to say it and for what purpose. And
0: I don't think you had to take a lot of push because he was only interviewed for 3 hours. Right. It's Versus not like 13. Yeah, it's not like a 13-hour you know, interrogation where you're going to eventually admit to anything just so you can leave. You were only there for mm-hmm. 3 hours
1: or you write a fantastic 3,000-word essay. <laughs> Strangely,
0: Allison was that just before Jack and Christina's wedding, Ronald arranged for two life insurance policies granting 500 canadian dollars if either jack or christina died
1: okay and- okay i think that should have come up at trial yeah.
0: i think it did okay. but i think they're saying it's still just not enough and apparently there was this clause that in that said um the beneficiary who obviously was ronald was to receive twice the sum in case of accidental death of either person
1: what
0: yes and you know, obviously, Ron wants to huh. name the beneficiary on two separate life insurance policies for Jack and Christine that were taken out. Adjusted for today's inflation, I read that it would work out to be about two hundred and sixty thousand dollars.
1: Hmm. Um. Why? Why would he take out life insurance policies? Did he have one on himself, or just his friends? Just, huh. his friends? just his friends. And he he also. He also
0: got a i guess a homeowner's insurance policy on his cottage um that would wow. be about sixty five thousand dollars today,
1: huh so just so happens that it's the two people, one of whom who is now dead, one of whom was almost dead and confused, and a cottage that burned down and those are the three things slash people he has insurance policies for
0: yes Hmm. Hmm. yep another thing that perplexed the people involved in this investigation was the fact that ronald was a quote-unquote leading figure in facilitating this elopement between jack and christina jack ended up Odd again turning over his wartime gratuities to his friend because he was a veteran. He also, there was also a ring he borrowed from a married friend to propose to Christina with, but was never recovered after her death. And it would be worth about thirteen thousand dollars in today's (gasps) money. Yeah, she had a bougie ring,
1: and that ring is gone.
0: Yep. This case has so many twists and turns, lovers, life insurance policies, lost lost rings, and now we come to suicide notes.
1: But the cottage burnt down.
0: Well we'll get there.
1: <gasps> Don't tell me that's what he went back inside for.
0: Yes. How would he it know was. it was there if it wasn't what there? He said. That's what I said. And like, what person? I mean, I don't know. But I feel like most people that write suicide notes are not going to be like, here, Ronald, I'm hiding these under my mattress.
1: Here is where I'm putting it.
0: Yeah, here's where I'm putting my suicide notes. Like, I don't think you make
1: that known i mean i don't Where know why would you go looking if he didn't get back until this cottage was in a fiery blaze and he went in looking for his friend he's not going to pull his friend jack out go in looking for uh christina and then be like oh you know what i'm gonna risk my own the life go back in again <laughs> yeah to see what that piece of paper was that i thought i saw through the smoke right nope So, let's
0: talk about these letters. Okay. One, on April 6th, was Easter Sunday of that year, um, a suicide letter revealed that Christina had allegedly tried to kill herself by poisoning. Mm. Jack said his fiancée was ill that day, but what he did not know is that she had written a suicide letter addressed to Ronald detailing her uncertainty of receiving a proposal According to this testimony. Quote, okay, you want to know why I don't believe
1: this? Before yeah. you even read it. If it's addressed to Ronald but it's left in a place that's out in the open where the man she's writing it about could see it? That makes no sense. Like if she's writing this letter to Ronald about why she shouldn't have married Jack, why would she have left the letter? Well,
0: I wonder if maybe she's just like one of those people that journal a lot. And so maybe she has these journals of these notes and Jack maybe just didn't think anything
1: about checking to see what she was writing, maybe. But Ronald did when he went back in in the middle of a fiery blaze. Okay.
0: Yep. But in this April 6th one, she says, quote, this will be the best way out as I cannot bear to see another girl have him. End quote. Now, you mentioned it odd that Christina would write these and leave them, so maybe yes. she didn't maybe she didn't write them could be right. a, a guess that we would make, but a handwriting expert testified that the suicide notes were quote unquote undoubtedly written by
1: Christina. Could she have been coerced into writing them? You know that's a possibility
0: I hadn't thought of. There's multiple ones though. According oh. to the store at the end of April, she made an attempt on both her life and Jack's as per the suicide notes, quote, when you love someone, you really love him. And I know there's no one for me but Jack. And if I cannot have him, I do not intend anyone else to. I waited, as you might say, in the hope that Jack would ask me to marry him. But now I realize I'm just a passing fantasy, end quote, that she wrote in another letter addressed
1: to Ronald. What? But mm-hmm. he does want her because they're well, married. But does he though? Because I'm
0: wondering if maybe their marriage was a cover up for his "quote unquote" alternative
1: lifestyle. But then and why what, would she be writing this to the other person? I does Jack agree that she made an attempt on his life? You know.
0: Again, so many unanswered questions in all. This was one of those cases hmm. that there were lots of articles, but all the articles seemed to have come from one article, and they were just, right. you know, restating the right. information over right. and over again. And I'm wondering if maybe that article this from the Star meant that the murder-suicide was the cabin incident. I wonder if that's what they meant.
1: Oh, they were talking about this event that we're talking about.
0: Yeah, maybe not a separate event. Okay. The final letter was written the day before her death and strangely addressed to a Mrs. Thompson who was the woman who owned a house where Christina and Jack briefly stayed.
1: Okay, bizarre.
0: Yes, and Christina asks Ronald to mail the letter for her. And in the letter, she said, quote, Ronnie is in the boat outside somewhere. The note says, by the time he gets back, everything will be over with. He must have been afraid something would happen because he's staying an extra day to make sure we go back to Toronto with him, end quote. So she's writing this letter on her honeymoon.
1: Why why would she be telling some random person all of this? I don't know her relationship with this Miss Thompson
0: or Thomas or how long she, they lived there. So maybe like a motherly figure. I don't know why you would send your suicide letter Mm -mm. to a random person. Mm -mm. But yeah, so she says Ronnie's in the boat outside. So maybe that's where he was when the cabin was set ablaze, was mailing this letter. Hmm.
1: It's almost as though this is written, though, like uh, letting Ronnie off the hook. Like, this is a, you know. Yeah. Ronnie was in the boat outside, so he can't possibly know what's going on in here. Right. I, I don't... Mm.
0: Now, don't get me wrong. These notes, I think, add an entirely different twist to the story. Because, they like do. you said, are they true accounts of how she was feeling? Was she pressured into writing them like Mm -hmm. i don't know but we're obviously not alone in thinking that the fact that ronald saves these suicide notes from a fire and didn't let jack know about christina's disturbing behavior until it came up in this inquest is weird
1: yeah weird
0: it's just strange because like you said the cottage is on fire you save your best friend i don't think you think to yourself yep I have to go back in. I better save those suicide notes. Right.
1: I don't think you would be thinking about that. Mm -mm, I don't think so either. Not at all.
0: I wonder if perhaps, like you said, Ronald knew these could... Either way, he's pushing Christina to write them or she's written them on her own. I'm wondering if... Ronald knew these letters could potentially save his neck when it came Mm -hmm. to this investigation. So, Mm -hmm. that's why he's like, the letters. Right. Okay, Allison, this is your favorite part, so I will delay no longer. But we're going to talk about three different theories with this case. I'm ready. So, theory one is suicide and attempted murder. Okay. This theory is one... I think we've all been thinking, especially since the suicide note bomb went off. Right. And here's what Medium had to say. Quote, the first theory suggests that Christina had an undiagnosable mental illness and killed herself. Christina's numerous alleged suicide notes backed this. End quote. So we know that many letters were discovered during this period. Inquiry following her death that pointed towards some type of undiagnosed illness, even when they first got married and they're like, she's really happy one minute, she's confused one minute, she's crying hysterically Mm. the next all hinted to me mental illness that's what i thought Mm -hmm. of when i first read that Mm -hmm. we know one of the letters was written to ronald just five weeks before her wedding and right before her engagement to jack and in those she talked about thoughts of poisoning herself and that quote this will be the best way out as i cannot bear the thoughts of another girl having him end quote Mm. Jack, of course, claimed to be entirely oblivious to such suicidal thoughts of his bride, but honestly, why would anyone say otherwise? We know another such note was written soon after the first that we talked about, um, but this one almost included a brief confession, Median would say. Um, Hmm. As to not just wanting to kill herself, but to kill Jack as well. When she said to Ronald, quote, When you love someone, you really love him. And I know there's no one for me but Jack. If I cannot have him, I don't intend anyone else to. As you might say, I've waited in the hope that Jack would ask me to marry him. But now I realize I was just a passing fancy. So they're almost saying she's confessing in these notes to him. About
1: um... this (sighs) murder-suicide. Hmm. I don't I don't know if I'll go that far. And the
0: last note, people argue, to Christina's former, I guess, landlady, you could call her had been written just one day before she dies. And this one, to me, I think holds the most incriminating thoughts. uh, Because remember, this is the one that says, quote, Ronnie's in the boat outside somewhere. By the time he gets back, everything will be over with. He may just be afraid something would happen because he's staying an extra day to make sure we go back to Toronto with him.
1: I don't know.
0: And again, Mm. according to Medium, newspaper reports suggested that Christina might have been inside the cabin during the fire when Ronald got there. This stemmed from Ronald's earlier statement to police about returning to the cottage to find a disoriented Jack with blood on his face. And in this statement, he mentioned Christina being completely terrified with tears in her eyes. According to him, he carried Jack outside, and fifteen minutes later, smoke began coming out of the kitchen windows. And he went back inside and couldn't find Christina or any weapons that could have caused Jack's injury. And this is completely, yeah, that's drastically different from any other account of the incident, including mm-hmm. ones recorded by Ronald himself, who says he goes to get Jack, he's disoriented. He takes them outside. He goes back in to get the letters. Comes back outside. The cabin burns down in an hour. Mm -hmm. Nowhere else did he say, I went inside. Oh, Christina
1: was in there at first, and now she's not.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like, I went inside. Jack had blood all over his face. Christina is in tears. And I carry Jack outside because he cannot move. And... Smoke starts coming out of my kitchen window, so I run back inside to get Christina. I couldn't find her or any weapon that
1: might have caused Jack's injury. And lies. My perspective. You're not going to go in and start looking again in a fire for what could have caused, what weapon could have caused my friend to feel disoriented. And I think it's strange that you would use the word weapon
0: because... There could have been a multitude of things that could have caused his injury. He in could have fallen and fire. hit his head. Yeah, a beam could have fell out of the ceiling and smacked yeah. him in the head. He could have right. fell going down the steps. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it's smoky in there. He could have ran into a door facing. Like oh, it's I just do weird that without smoke, right? So. It's just yeah. weird that you would use yeah. the word weapon. Agreed. And it's weird you would tell two different stories, but mm-hmm. theory two would be foul play by either Jack and Ronald or just one or the other. Okay. So maybe they weren't so innocent. According to an article called The Mysterious Death of the Eighth day Bride, which I've talked about a lot because it seemed to have the most credible information to me, mm-hmm. the first bit of evidence that suggested the duo may have planned this is the series of insurance policies that were taken out before she dies. Yeah. Yep. So we know that there were two separate separate life insurance policies, one taken out on Jack, one taken out on Christina. The sum now would be well over two hundred and sixty thousand US dollars. A lot of money. We know that Ronald strangely was the beneficiary on both of those policies. Which doesn't make sense. You list your spouse. Right. Not a random friend. Nope. Your mom, maybe, as the secondary maybe. person, but not your friend no. that you've only known for a few years. No. Right. Ronald, we know, also took out that insurance policy on his cottage that would burn to the ground. And on that policy, Jack was the beneficiary.
1: Oh.
0: Yeah. Hmm. It should be noted that Ronald had, you know, failed careers in multiple things, construction, insurance, to name a few. Well, obviously, he knows how to work the insurance system. Right, because he worked there and then took those, just luckily, if that's the right word, took those insurance policies out before his best friend's wife died Mm -hmm. and his best friend Mm -hmm. almost died. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Additionally, the inquest revealed that Jack had given that work gratuity to... Um, Ronald, and from what I read, I almost feel that like that was like v a pay here. uh-huh. It was like a payment to Canadian servicemen who were discharged, so I feel like similar to what the v a does, and that Jack had removed all of his family from his from his will for unknown reasons.
1: There had to be a reason. Mm-hmm.
0: Then we have Christina's ring. Oh, right. That's missing. Mm-hmm. Reports differ as to whether Ronald purchased the ring for Christina, which I think is weird, or no. if Jack borrowed it, as I stated earlier, from a friend. But um, the price of the ring now would be around $13,000 and has wow. never been located. Hmm. Jack's statement to the police after the fire was another fascinating exhibit entered into this inquiry on Christina's death. In the statement, Jack stated that he and Ronald had been in an intimate relationship for some time, but then in court claimed that he was coerced into making that statement as the police just wanted to build a story in their report, is what he said. And the police commissioner did touch on this relationship In the report on Christina's case, and in it, he writes that the relationship between Jack and Ronald was, quote, to put it mildly, to be unnatural, end quote. But there was no evidence to prove this relationship. Right. But many people suspected it. Hmm. In that same inquest, Crown Counsel C.P. Hope didn't believe that Jack was coerced into saying that and suggested that the two actually were lovers. And Jack finally agreed to this after Hope hammered him with questions, which I feel like is kind of coercion. The Toronto Star describes the questioning in an article that was posted on June 20th. Quote, when Kettlewell, meaning Jack, after vigorous questioning, agreed to Mr. Hope's repeated suggestion that he and Ronald were male lovers, the fantastic triangle of twisted and throttled emotions took shape. End
1: quote. Mm. Hmm. Okay.
0: So, I feel like that one points to it was Jack and Ronald together. The third one... Um, I don't really, the third one, I guess, is a loose theory. I read this Mm -hmm. in um, an article that interviewed some of Jack's family. And they believe, and so this is my theory three, that Jack was manipulated. So, Jack's son, Richard, and his wife, Sharon, don't believe either one of those two popular theories. The couple says Jack was an easygoing person who actively avoided any situation where he had to assert himself. So this meant always going with the flow, avoiding confrontation, never returning items. He bought from the store, even if they were defective, like never sending mm. food back at the restaurant, if it wasn't cooked, correct. Mm-hmm. Um, and leaving things like unevenly spaced towels, just as they were, despite his second wife's protests to fix them. So like just very, I feel like straight and narrow
1: mm-hmm like so that. they're
0: saying yeah and they're saying with this quiet and reserved personality they think that jack who passed away in 1998 could have been strung along on some type of grand scheme so richard the son um, through jack's second marriage and his wife were not actually even told about the mysterious death in their family's past they only found out about it Because Sharon stumbled upon her father-in-law's secret while searching through newspaper articles. Richard said through their research, this is what they believe. Quote, I think this Barry, meaning Ronald, guy sort of manipulated my dad, just dominated him. End quote. So, I guess they're saying Jack just kind of went along with things because of this easygoing personality and that he was taken advantage of. Hmm. So, could this have been, like, a scheme of Ronald's all along? A scheme that would only partially be successful? Maybe he had intended on killing both
1: Jack and Christina? Hmm. Okay. I'm going to give you an off-the-wall theory.
0: Okay. Give me your thoughts.
1: (laughs) What if Ronald is playing them both? Okay. Okay. What if he is telling Jack and he's saying, "Listen, I'm going to take out a life insurance policy right on Christina.
0: But Maybe I need to take yeah. one out on
1: you too so it doesn't look weird. And you go ahead and send me your um like military benefits, benefits too." Yeah. And he was like, then I'm going to go with you on your honeymoon. We're going to drug her, whatever, right? We'll stage it and then we'll be able to get that money. And maybe even be together if there is a relationship going on.
0: Or I'm wondering if even it's not that. I wonder if maybe he didn't even include Jack. Like I wonder if he says, you know, I've been in the insurance business. And now that you're married, you guys really need to get life insurance policies on each other. Like I can hook you up with that. Let me fill it out for you. Yeah, let me fill Mm. it out for you. I've got you. And then, you know, maybe it is, hey, this is my cabin. Let me take you there. I'll show you where, you know, how everything works. And then he gets there and he's like, you know what? Maybe I'll just, there's multiple bedrooms. Maybe I'll just stay here a couple of days while you guys are up here. You wouldn't mind if your best friend did that, would you? And what are they going right. to say? Like Jack's right. so easy going. I'm sure yeah. he was like,
1: yeah, sure. i are not going to say no. Right. That is, I do like where your mind is going there. That would explain a lot of things. The only thing it doesn't explain to me are those notes. Mm -hmm. And that's why I was thinking maybe he played them both. But maybe you're right. Maybe he just played Jack in a way like he's being his friend and he's trying to give him advice because he worked in insurance or whatever. And then maybe with Christina, maybe he with her, he felt like, hey, go ahead and start writing these notes about, you know, how unhappy you are in the relationship because here's what we're going to do. We're going to drug him or do whatever, and then you're going to say that I'm not even there, we're going to act like you're just missing, mm. right? And then, because initially that seems like it's what happened. He mm-hmm. goes and he says, she's missing. And then all of a sudden she turns up, but she's dead. So maybe they maybe he drug like, her.
0: Maybe they drugged her enough to make it look like... Somebody was trying to hurt her, but they missed, like, they gave her too much, and it really... Well,
1: I'm thinking more like Ronald acted to her like he wanted to be with her, and, like, they were just going to make it look like she was missing Right. But that she was responsible and he was probably like, I'll run away with you and I'll take care. I have no idea. I just don't know how those letters get written.
0: I mean, I even feel like he could have been the same with her as he was Jack if we're going down this road and just been like, you know, a really healthy way to deal with your emotions. And this feeling that Jack really doesn't want to be with you to be would be to write all of this down. Maybe you need to start keeping a journal of how you feel. And so maybe that's where all of this comes from and that's why he knows she has it. So maybe she's, yeah. it's like an innocent thing on her behalf and then he just kind of stages the whole thing.
1: Like, Either drugs, way, Christina, drugs, Jack. Mm-hmm. Either way, it seems to me that Ronald is the puppet master. So, my sleuth hounds, maybe marriage
0: isn't as it seems. At 22, Christina felt that she was on the brink of her life. She felt so much promise in the things to come. She was a newlywed and all seemed right in the world, but something was amiss. There's so much about this case that puzzles me. Was she truly happy in her marriage? Were there more elaborate plans in the works? While the official death is considered a drowning, I have questions about that too. Was it an accidental drowning? A homicidal drowning? How could a jury not believe this woman was murdered? But how could they believe she was murdered? As the years pass, it's likely we will never know what happened to the eight-day bride. So few people who were truly involved in what happened that day are here. Sadly, time is taking away the only witnesses we have. Of course, we can keep asking questions, and we can keep digging into this case. But I think the most important thing we can do is to keep talking about Christina Kettlewell. So she is never forgotten. Again, please like and join our Facebook page, Coffee and Cases Podcast, to continue the conversation and see images related to this episode. As always, follow us on Twitter at Cases Coffee, on Instagram at Coffee Cases Podcast. Or you can always email us suggestions to coffee and cases podcast at gmail.com. Please tell your friends about our podcast so more people can be reached to possibly help bring some closure to these families. Don't forget to rate our show and leave us a comment as well. We hope to hear from you soon.
1: Stay together.
0: Stay safe.
1: We'll, we'll see, see you, you next week. week.